Friends, welcome to our act of worship on Sunday the 16th of October. I hope you're doing okay. Our call to worship. Lord, open us to the stories of goodness in the people that we meet. Through our sharing, help us to know your message of justice. Give us the patience and strength to build a world of love. That might start in us in this act of worship today. In your name. Our first hymn. We worship as we sing Angel Voices Ever Singing. Son and 
Loving God, we bring to you those things we are struggling with, those things we are afraid of, those things we're looking forward to, and those people who rely upon us. We bring our tiredness and our energy, and we name in our hearts those who've been a blessing to us this past week. And in doing so, we give you thanks. We thank you, faithful God, for the gift of prayer, for words and silence, for struggles and joys, for listening and learning, for the mystery and the certainty, for the comfort and the challenge, for the mountain tops and the valleys, for the answers and the questions. Thank you, gracious God, for the gift of prayer and for all we give and all we receive. Forgive us, Lord, when we have given up too soon and missed the blessing hidden within the struggle. When we don't expect our prayers to be answered and when we stop praying altogether. When we have turned away from those we could have blessed with time and comfort or encouragement. Forgive us and help us to persevere in faith, to grow in trust and to believe in your love for each one of us. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We hear now our two readings of scripture set for this day. The first from the Gospel of Luke, and the second is Paul's letter to Timothy. Well, second Timothy, but first the Gospel. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, 
But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? From Second Timothy chapter 3, I'm reading verses 14 through to chapter 4, verse 5. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become, convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and in training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead? And in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a greater number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you... Keep your head in all situations. End your hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Thanks be to God. Amen. Parables. Stories that define us. I recall being on a train journey. I was heading off to a meeting. It was down in London and I was wrapped up and dressed uh, with a scarf and gloves and uh, underneath the scarf was my collar. There'd been huge delays. It was a pretty tricky journey. And we were asked to leave the train for um, half an hour or so whilst we were in crew. So I went and got a hot drink and I was queuing for this drink when a man in front of me tried to pay for his drink and all the till points went down. It was cash only and the coffee in his hand and no means to pay, I, I simply walked forward, got out some cash and offered to pay for his coffee. He reluctantly, although in the end, accepted this offer. And the conversation continues about how can I pay you back? And I said it really wasn't an issue. And buying him a coffee was absolutely fine. After some delay, we all found our way back onto a train. Um, train um, had had a problem with it and there were loads of people trying to get on so eventually got on the guy uh, uh the coffee guy in front got on the same carriage and he found a seat and i moved along to the end of the carriage to find my reserve seat when i got there there were two other men the two seats that were there next to each other and two well-dressed men sat in the seat 
I um, asked if this was their reservation and let's just say they were a bit rude back. So I persisted and I said this was my seat, I'd reserved it and I would like the seat. So they, actually not even looking at me, just told me um, to do one. Well, kind of worse that effect anyway. So I stood for a moment and after a while the carriage began to hush. People began to turn and look at what was going on. So I persisted. Their volume increased as they said they weren't going to move. And after a while, I just adjusted my scarf and there was my clerical collar. I simply said, shall we just pray about this? They looked up and were about to continue their tirade and they saw the collar, sensed the stillness in the carriage and declared that they would move. They got their belongings, they walked along the carriage and they left and I sat down in a seat as the carriage began to applaud. After a while, uh, being on the journey, um, the, the earlier gentleman with the coffee came back with a, a freshly made coffee and actually a, a lovely um, Danish as well. He simply said that there was no idea that I was clergy and I said, well, that doesn't really matter. But he did say, thank you. Thank you for not just speaking about your faith, but for showing it. I mean, coffee, and he said, and to the two guys, thank you prayer well perhaps the threat of prayer can also work too i have to admit, i've used it a few times when people have been parking in church car parks and i've said let's pray about this and they've they've driven off it's a minor example of perhaps injustice being treated unfairly has that happened to you do you remember how you felt persistence in being heard and having your needs met is what today's gospel story is all about we recognise, don't we, that life is sometimes unfair. And in our text today, we see some unfairness happening in the life of a widow. And we hear in our text of how she persistently and insistently presented her requests to the judge. Parables. Principles and points that Jesus wants to teach us. Jesus wouldn't just tell us the principle to the point, he would tell us a story. He therefore allows the listener in those days it was the disciples and the crowds around and for us today to hear the story to understand the story and in doing so he drove in the point and the principle it drove it home all kinds of parables and uh, today we're going to look at um what do you do when you find yourself in god's waiting room when you've been praying and asking and seeking and looking for god to do something and the wondrous thing about this parable is that Jesus recognised not just that we can pray and that it can be answered, but that sometimes we pray and there's a delay between the prayer and the results of the prayer. And so he tells a story. Some of Jesus' parables aren't immediately obvious, but in this case, he makes the meaning plain. He tells us a story showing he understands. I know, he says, you want to give up praying, but here's a story about not giving up, about keeping going. I know what it is to face disappointment, he says. Loss, injustice, persecution. And all these are good and legitimate reasons for giving up hope. We want a better day. We want a better life. And we get it. We understand it for ourselves. 
and we understand it for other people. We get adversity. And my adversity is different to yours, and yours is different to your neighbour, and your neighbour's is different to someone else across the world. It's Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. We are on a journey with Jesus. He's travelling to Jerusalem, and the narratives here recount the route, his detours, whilst he's keeping his eyes fixed upon Jerusalem. He steps aside on his journey and meets so many. A crippled woman, a blind beggar, the ten lepers that we heard about perhaps last week. And in the midst of this, he told so many parables about lost sheep, a coin, of sums, of mustard seeds, of sowers. And after this parable that we hear today, he then goes and tells uh, parables on Pharisees and tax collectors. Some of these people who Jesus met had cried within and outside that this isn't fair, that life isn't fair, that their lot isn't fair. And Jesus knew his audience. He's speaking directly to the disciples. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. He encourages them to stay in prayer and to be watchful, to pray, to not lose heart, to pray and not give up. Luke 18, chapter 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Luke, as the gospel writer, doesn't want the Christ followers to lose heart, and neither did Paul, the apostle. In all his writings, he wanted to challenge where appropriate, to lift up, to encourage, which he does in this writing to young Timothy. Luke consistently in his writing focuses on the marginalised, the outcast, and those who are kicked aside by mainstream society. That's who he's writing to. But if you want to frame today, then prayer gives us strength to keep going. Sometimes we can read a parable and think, what on earth does that mean? But friends, this isn't one of them. Luke, the writer, says that when he wrote a parable, and this is what it means, don't give up. In this one, don't give up. Why? Because God is good. Friend, God is good. Jesus illustrates his point by describing a poor, powerless person. In this case, the widow. She's here because no one advocates for her. There's no family. There's no brother-in-law who is obliged to look after her. There's no one. And she persists in nagging a corrupt, powerful person, in this case the judge, to do justice for her. Society made her this way. But the parable assumes that John the Baptist's teaching that holding a position of power and leadership obligates you to work justly, especially on behalf of the poor and the weak. But in this instance, it's a no. These corrupt judges in Jerusalem were referred to as robber judges. People would call them Deene Gesalath for not dealing with the law. And pits a woman whose worth and value was considered as irrelevant is like pitting a toothpick against a tornado. You wouldn't give the woman any good odds against a judge, would you? And this, of course, was a male-driven society. She represented the powerless and helpless people in her day. Yet she kept on coming, and in the end, he relented. Jesus is illustrating how the kingdom of God is completely countercultural, bringing justice to the widow. She doesn't have a husband to represent her, so she goes directly to the court. 
Jesus is making an assertion that a woman needs to be recognised and receive dignity, whereas the judge needs to answer her plea. In India, when a woman is widowed, they're either taken in by family, put on the streets to beg for food, or placed in a commune with other widows, where they'd need to try and get enough food to eat. It's kind of hard, really, for us to imagine. But Jesus focuses that we are to pray always and not to lose heart. He identifies to here as us with the woman and the pray to person, God, with the corrupt judge. It's a strange combination. Assuming that Jesus doesn't mean that God's corrupt, the point must be that if persistence pays off for the corrupt human of limited power, how much more will it pay off for the God of infinite power? Yet our text today is primarily about praying, making your requests before God amidst problems, adversity. It's about the power of prayer, about persevering in the midst of adversity. Luke uses the context of the widow as the parable's key character to allow us to understand about desperation. And Jesus knew. Jesus knows. Jesus knew that his followers would face adversity. Jesus knew that the disciples would ask, why did I leave it all to follow him? When are we going to take over the kingdom? When are we going to win? When is justice going to be heard for us in the kingdom that Jesus speaks about? How do they follow? How do we follow when injustice happens to us and around us? Jesus is being Jesus. In this text, he's prepping his followers and he's reminding us today to remember to breathe in, to pray, to not give up. Oh, to not give up. Perhaps this widow in our text was caught up in a payday loan scam. Perhaps disowned by her husband's family. We don't know her problem or the issue of justice that she was experiencing. We don't know what her adversity is. But what we do know is that she was persistent. Even the unjust judge would finally give in, albeit for selfish reasons, but he would finally give in. How much more? How much more would a loving and gracious God who feels our pain and hears our cry for hope respond to us? I don't know what it is we feel when we hear this reading of where we want God to find a way in our lives. But I do know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus told his disciples not to give up to always pray and he says the same to us today to pray and to not give up is there an area in your life in which you are tempted to give up on prayer will you accept christ's invitation to persevere god hasn't forgotten you the starting place always is the gospel look to the gospel is a major reminder of God's unconditional love and justice for us. And prayer finds its hope not in the qualifications of the one that's praying, but in the character and the plan of the one who's listening. May God bless you as you persist, as you long, as you hope.
In Christ's name, amen. Let us pray. Forgive me, Lord, for those times when I rest in my own abilities and forget I am as destitute as the widow. Forgive me, forgive us, when my faith grows thin and my persistence in prayer grows weak. Remind me to persist in coming to you without fear. Offering to you the deepest cries of my heart, help me to remember you are always powerful and good and already at work, redeeming and restoring all things. Amen. Let's sing, Father, hear the prayer we offer. let us pray. At the bidding, Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Would you please respond? Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. Let us pray. Lord God, just as the widow persisted, we persist in our prayers of intercession. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. We pray for all involved in our justice system. For the police, the judges and lawyers and all who seek to uphold the law. We pray for all who work in our prisons and for all those serving prison sentences. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. We pray for the ongoing conflict in Ukraine where Russian strikes have targeted civilians yet again. For Somalia, for aid workers everywhere. 
We pray for safe passage of lorries and workers to reach those in need. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. We pray for families everywhere of those killed in the nursery in Thailand and those in the garage explosion in Ireland. We pray for widows and orphans, the needy and the vulnerable. We pray for our own loved ones and for our communities. For those who are fearing the prospect of blackouts this winter and dreading escalating debt due to the ever spiralling cost of living. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. We pray for all who preach your word, for all Christian leaders in our churches, for all your people. Call us to pray, to work at it and not give up. You care about every detail and aspect of our lives, from the smallest to the more complex. We place all into your hands, for on you we can depend. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. And for those who find themselves in turmoil of pain, distress and anxiety. For those who mourn the loss of someone so very dear. For those who live in unjust and damaging relationships. Gracious God, as they cry out and in their prayers look to you. May we, as your church, reach out to others in need to bring hope, change, justice and peace. Lord, we lift our eyes to you. Hear our cries for justice, mercy and peace. Amen. So we sing and listen to our final song, Kyrie Eleison.
a final blessing. Gracious God, thank you that you hear us and you journey with us. We look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. We receive from you your blessing and your strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow. May we know that blessing at this moment. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, may God bless you this day and in the week to come. Have a good week. Bye-bye.